When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 58 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by James Cratch and our new Giants beat writer for NJ.com, Dan Duggan. He's now part of our podcast. And uh, so it's back to being a three-man crew. Training camp is here. It is open. It's underway. We will get into all that. But first, I think we should uh, introduce Dan and uh, have him take the floor here. So, Dan, welcome to the podcast. And more importantly than that, welcome to the Giants beat. Uh, for the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. Um, I'm excited. You know, this was really my first uh, week really on the job. I kind of took over in July and then promptly went on vacation, which was a pretty good deal. But uh, those will probably be the last days off for a while because now we're into the grind of training camp and then into the season. So uh, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, excited to work with James. Uh, I'm sure some NJ.com readers, uh, there might be some crossover uh, that saw me on the Rutgers beat for the last three years. Uh, so this is a little bit of a step up, but anyone who's followed Rutgers knows there was plenty of news going on there. So I think I, I cut my teeth and, and pretty well prepared. Um, hopefully, uh, everything keeps going as smoothly as it has for the Giants because uh, it's been easy so far. I should knock on wood um, after Rutgers the last three years. Yeah, you Rutgers certainly, I think, prepared you. There's a lot of news over there. And, and with the Giants, there's always news, and it started this weekend. It started with camp. So, James, as we get this thing going, the season, I mean, it really does, doesn't get here till the beginning of September, but it's here now. Training camp is here. Ben McAdoo's mm-hmm. first camp. And what was the vibe, in your opinion? You know, last year compared to this year, the vibe, the beginning of Giants camp and, and kind of a, a new, you know, a new regime, even though a lot of these guys are the same ones. There's a lot of optimism. Um, last year, I think when everybody showed up at camp, it was kind of like, all right, well, this team doesn't have a very good roster, and they're not going to make the playoffs probably, and Tom's going to be out. And uh, all those things happened. It, it took a, a crazy kind of road with a lot of twists and turns to get there, but that's what they got. But with all the free agents, the, the well-received draft, um, the energy McAdoo has kind of you know pushed into the, to the team, uh, there's a, it seems like a lot of optimism. There's a lot of hope. Uh, the Giants think they have a really good football team that's going to contend for a division title and, and get back to the playoffs. And uh, even, you know, the, the only has been one open practice because of the rain. But, you know, and Dan can attest to this, the fans were fired up on, uh, on Saturday, you know, chanting, you know, let's go Giants, cheering all day. And uh, even last year, you know, there were some cheers, obviously, but the fans were not that fired up last year at training camp. Uh, for any of the practices. So, uh, yeah, this seems like there's a lot of good vibrations flowing in East Rutherford. Uh, things got a little hairy on a s- Sunday for about 20 minutes. Other than that, you know, it's been smooth sailing and it's, you know, optimism all over the place. 
Dan, what was your big takeaway? First few days there, obviously tomorrow's the first padded practice. So there's only so much, you know, football wise you could take away from the first couple of days. But your big takeaway just around the team, around McAdoo, the coaching staff, and like James was saying, the fans. Yeah, I mean, from the big picture sense, uh, like James touched on, I- I'm surprised coming in from, you know, being an outsider and, and you know, a team that uh, has missed the playoffs four straight years, back-to-back six and ten seasons. And, yeah, it's, there's so much optimism. You think this is a team that's coming off a playoff run and is so close to getting over the hump. I mean, I, I think that's a good thing because I don't think it's false optimism. I think, you know, there's genuine reasons to be encouraged about, you know, where this team is now compared to where it was a year or two years ago. Um, but obviously you have a new coach. That's going to kind of bring some life into things until he loses his first game and we start questioning him. Um, so that that's obviously going to give you a, a little bump in terms of the positivity. But, yeah, I mean, you bring in a lot of these talented players. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why Jerry Reese uh, is feeling good yesterday. I mean, he's getting to see all these big money guys out in the field. Uh, but, yeah, I would say my biggest takeaway, you know, where you're talking players, coaches, fans, or just kind of the – the feeling around the building, uh, it just the optimism is a little higher than I would have expected for a team that's, you know, struggled the way the Giants have. James, where do you think that's coming from, the optimism? I mean, I think you guys probably touched on a few of the reasons. New faces, I think, brings that. Um, the fact that the quarterback has been, you know, there forever and he's good, that brings that uh, familiarity with the offense. I mean, what is it? What do you think the biggest reason for the optimism is? And then you could touch on what you know, the feeling around Jerry Reese yesterday. And, and I saw some of those quotes, too. And, I mean, you, the guy, you think about it, guys. I mean, this team has probably been one of the least successful teams in the NFL the last four years. Not the worst, you know, not close to that, but least successful. And they haven't made the playoffs once, yet I sense that, too, you know, kind of from afar, that people think the Giants could be really good this year. James, why do you think that optimism's there? You know, I think it's that the way they look at it internally is that despite all the issues they had last year, they were six and 10 and there was a bunch of games that they lost in the fourth quarter. I think they just, and Reese kind of spoke to this. They just look at it as most of the teams in the NFL are just kind of bunched up uh, play here and a play there determines who's six and 10, who's 10 and six. And they just think they're, they were close last year and they, they think that they've done the necessary things to go from close to being there in right back in that playoff hunt. I, I just think that while a lot of fans looked at last year as just more another brick on the load of, of, of badness for, I, is that even a word? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a podcast. Anything's a word. It's a podcast. Anything's a word. Uh, yeah. I just think they fans looked at it as just, uh, here's another really bad season, you know, crappy season. And uh, I, but I think the giants looked at it as we were not, as successful as we wanted to be, but we were close and we think we can turn the corner this year um, with all the additions we've made and the tweaks we've made. So I think that's where the optimism comes from. You know, Jerry, Jerry was loose and upbeat and optimistic and there was no, uh, you know, back and forth with any of the reporters really. Um, As I, as I wrote this completely different from the press conference he had to end last season which was not good to the guy who started the new season on Sunday with a really kind of upbeat, you know, hopeful address to the media. Dan, you think part of that is the coaching switch too? I mean, not that uh, anyone would say right now that Ben McAdoo is going to be, or definitely will be a better coach than Tom Coughlin. That's hard to even imagine, but just the fact that there's a new coach, like I felt like with the Giants the last couple of years, there was this feeling of, you know, when is this going to end? And when are they going to have to make a switch? But now it's almost like it's a brand new feeling with a new head coach. 
Yeah, I mean, James might be able to speak that a little bit better. I would just say, you know, like I said off the top, that a new coach is going to bring, you know, some positive vibes into camp because it's not just the same old, same old. And obviously, McAdoo isn't this, you know, stark departure from what Tom Coughlin did, but it's a different voice, obviously a lot younger. Uh, I think you've heard that he's, you know, communicates with the younger players a little better, and that's really a focus of his. So I think if you're a young player, you're obviously going to be, you know, receptive of that. Uh, but yeah, again, we're, you know, we're three days in. Obviously, they've had the offseason programs. And we'll see when the bullets start flying in September. But I think, yeah, obviously, he's checked all the boxes out of the gate. All right, James, let, let's go through the crisis of yesterday, which I started seeing on Twitter. I know you had a post this morning taken through shaking Giants fans uh, through what happened there. So Odell Beckham, what I first saw was Odell Beckham went down in practice. And it, I mean, anytime you see one of those tweets, if you're not there, uh, it's probably different if you're there because, you know, you're actually seeing what had happened. But if you're not there, the first thing you think of, and I think this happened yesterday to Giants fans, we're doing this podcast on a Monday. So Sunday, uh, when he went down, was the worst, right? That's what you start thinking. Oh, no, a player went down. Uh-oh, he's gone for the year. Something bad happened to Odell Beckham. Crisis was averted, but what happened out there? All right, so let's take it from the top. Uh, deep ball down the, I guess, right sideline. Right, Dan? I, we're on the right yep. side? Right okay. sideline, yep. So, uh, deep ball, Jenkins, Beckham in coverage, incomplete pass. Uh, this happened literally right in front of me. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have my camera phone rolling until after the play. Uh, they get kind of tangled up. Uh, Jenkins pops right back up. Odell's on the ground. And I, I hear a coach, I don't know who it was, somebody screaming, get up 13, get up 13. And he didn't get up for a second, and then things kind of got quiet. Um, he eventually got up and kind of limped off to the side, uh, basically limped through the end zone, if you can imagine, looking at the field, you know, behind the goalposts where they hang. Uh, the Giants training staff sprint. I mean, those guys made some good time getting over to him. They were it tended to him on the ground for, I don't know, three, four, five minutes. Uh, he got up. Gingerly jogged back to the sideline. Then he was, uh, they, they did uh, punt return. So he was kind of in the area where your shag punts is kind of stretching it out. Then he left practice. He hopped a ride on the cart. That was a big controversy. Was he carted off? Did he ride on the cart? You know, semantics there. And uh, then McAdoo came out and said, yeah, he just got cleated, a couple of cuts, be a little sore. And uh, everybody kind of calmed down from there. But, uh, you could tell it wasn't probably a really serious issue because uh, I saw Adam Henry, the wide receivers coach, kind of joking with him and Cruz after it happened before Beckham left. Uh, you know, Ben obviously was briefed by Ronnie Barnes, the head trainer. Uh, he didn't break anything, so I thought that was a good sign initially. Um, so, look, it was a scare, and obviously being at training camp with reporters and, and Twitter and everything, things kind of get – a little bit ramped up, but uh, the Giants dodged a bullet. Their hearts were in their throats, as Ben McAdoo said, but but they dodged a bullet in the end. Yeah, they certainly did, right, because of what his importance, how great he's been the first couple of years. And I think part of the reason there might be all this optimism, too, guys, the Giants have a lot of – I mean, they have some star power. I don't know how deep their team is. I don't know how good they're going to be yet. But, I mean, when you have Eli Manning at quarterback, when you have Beckham, like th there's something to that that if you just – if you put the right pieces around the better players, you're going to be pretty good. And when Beckham went down it. It kind of gave me a feeling like, wow, the Giants, they got to keep these star players healthy this year from Eli, who always seems to be healthy, but Beckham to those star defenders. If they're going to be any good, like the stars are going to have to carry them. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, oh, go ahead, Dan. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, if it was the sixth wide receiver on the depth chart who went down, I don't think, you know, you would have been able to hear a pin drop in there. I think they would have kind of brushed him off to the side and, and carried on. But uh, with a guy like Beckham, I think he's just so pivotal to everything they're trying to do. And he, he takes the whole offense to another level. Uh, there's obviously guys on the other side of the ball that are in the same boat. Obviously, Eli's in that boat. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, any team is going to be led by their stars. But I think with this team, especially the drop off, if you lost Beckham, I mean, I don't know, you know what this offense would look like. So, I think the Giants, that's why there was such a reaction. You could call it an overreaction, but I don't care if, if that guy goes down. There's a reason, you know, it's it's a reasonable response to, to think the worst and start to picture what would this team look like without him. I think you hit on something important, Joe. Look, Dan's right. Odell is the best player on the team. If if he goes down, it's a disaster. Uh, he's completely – but it is true that, you know, the Giants, there's a lot of optimism about this team, but – a lot of this optimism is built into their starters. And if those guys go down, I think in multiple positions, that's where my concern comes in. Okay, so let's, like, hypothetically, let's say, you know, Beckham, it was a situation where they, you know, they thought he might miss the first couple of games of the season or something. Who's the number two rece- Who's the number one receiver? The rookie Sterling Shepard? Probably, right? Victor Cruz, who hasn't played in basically two years? I mean, how could you count on him? I mean, really, exactly. and then beyond that, if, if one of those guys wasn't ready or hurt, well, then what would they throw out there? Dwayne exactly. Harris? It, it, you know, I mean, it, it's not like, you know, all the, you know, like, you know, guys like, not that these guys would even be, you know, could do what Odell did, but like veteran guys like Anquan Bolden, they already have jobs, um, you know. So that's the thing. And it's not just wide receiver with Odell. I mean, that's a, a very obvious case, but I mean, you know, defensive end, we talked about this last the last podcast. If you lose JPP or Vernon or they don't play well, you don't have any other proven pass rushers, really. You think Oa Odigizua can do it, but he's got to do it first. So there are a lot of positions of the Giants where they have very good starters, you know, stars starting. But if some of those stars go down, I think the depth becomes a major concern. So, so Dan's right. This is a team that they're going to need – their starters, their stars to be healthy all year because when you kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, it's not as strong as you might think it is given all the optimism. Let me throw this one at you guys with the optimism uh, to go back to that one. And you guys talked about Jerry Reese yesterday. And I was I was listening to Ben McAdoo kind of give mm-hmm. the, the state of the Giants, right, his opening, uh, whatever you want to call it, press conference to start uh, training camp. And I, I heard and I listened to him use the word Super Bowl, right? And he wasn't saying they're going to go in the Super Bowl, but he just kind of mentioned that's the goal for every team, and that's what they are out to try to go do. And then I take it back to Eli Manning talking about this being a playoff team. I think, James, you were the one that asked him that question. I watched that video a couple weeks ago. And Odell Beckham telling his campers that the Giants are Super Bowl bound. Look, a lot of this is just fun stuff in the summer, and optimism should be there. But do you guys at all think it's a little strange how big they're talking? Like, they're not just saying that they're going to compete this year. They're going to be a good football team. Like, they're using the word Super Bowl after four years out of the playoffs. Does that strike you as strange, Dan? Or do you think that's just kind of par for the course in late July? Yeah, I mean, I think that they've also kind of followed that up with some rational takes. Like, you know, Justin Pugh said, what are we going to say? We're going to go 8-8 and and miss the playoffs. And, you know, Jerry Reese said, obviously, that's the goal. What else are you going to, you know, what else would the goal be? And even McAdoo was quick to point out, that's just words. So obviously, you know, we tend to latch on to sound bites like that. And, but I mean, that's what he's saying in the meeting room. Again, what else are you going to say? I mean, 
it's not like this is a team that's coming off two and 14 and has a bunch of young players and they know it's going to be a, a long haul. I mean, they didn't spend all this money. They don't have a veteran quarterback. They don't have a superstar wide receiver to just try and get in the playoffs. The goal obviously is to win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Ben McAdoo said one team's going to be happy at the end of the year. Uh, if it's not the Giants, they're not going to feel good. Like, hey, we went 10 and six and made the divisional round. You know, they're trying to win a Super Bowl. So I don't see anything wrong with putting that out there on day one. I mean, like, like McAdoo said, the goal is crystal clear. I mean, only one team's going to achieve it, but you might as well aim high. And I think that the Giants, look, there's an institutional memory of it's not like they're the Buffalo Bills. I mean, well, Rex says he's going to win a Super Bowl every year, <laughs> but it's it's not like they're a team that hasn't done anything in decades saying Super Bowl. I mean, the Giants won a Super Bowl, what, four, five years ago? I know it's a completely different era, different team. I mean, but, you know, you got Eli was a part of a super was part of championship teams. You know, defensive coordinator was part of a championship here. Uh, although that was even longer ago, you know, yeah. Cruz was part of a championship. So, I mean, there's a, there, I guess what I'm saying is the giants have done this recently enough that it's, it feels tangible to them that they can actually get to the super bowl. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're a little bit more open and saying, you know, Dan's right. Of course, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is every goal. The Browns probably think they can win the Super Bowl this year right now. It's it's August 1st when we're taping this. But I do think the fact that the Giants have done it, you know, in, in their lifetimes. Helps them be a little bit more ease in, in talking about the Super Bowl goal. It probably does. That makes sense, right? I mean, they 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 have a lot of guys there that have done something big. Like you mentioned, Reese, you mentioned the quarterback and these players. So th- there is that sense there. But there's also the sense that, you know, there's much optimism as there is. You, you guys know it. Uh, James, you know it for a while now. Dan, I'm certain you're starting to hear it uh, from Giants fans responding to what you write and what you tweet and what you say, is there's always that sense of, well, what about these areas, right? The weaknesses or the areas of concern. Dan, I saw your post right before we started recording about Marshall Newhouse and how he's kind of ignoring the talk that the Giants, you know, want to find someone better than him at right tackle. How about some of those areas early in camp, the offensive line, the concerns for the Giants? It's early, but what have you guys thought about that area in particular? I know the pads aren't on yet, but has your mind changed at all? We'll go to James first and then Dan, kind of a new perspective on this. Your mind changed at all on this offensive line or is it still – Kind of a, a little bit of a concern, especially on that right side, James. I think John Jerry is a guy who gets unfairly lumped in. Um, I think he's a solid, you know, he's a solid starter in the league. You know, he's fine. Um, I think I've said this many times. In a perfect world, I think Marshall Newhouse is is a is a reserve. He's a swing tackle. Uh, that's not the situation the Giants have. I don't think Newhouse is as bad as as people make him out to be. Um, I don't think he's a pro bowler or anything, but I think he's serviceable. I think the Giants are comfortable with him. And, you know, I would be pretty surprised if he's not the starting right tackle this year. Uh, they, they've tried to, to upgrade the position in free agency. Uh, and, you know, some would say in the draft with, with Conklin, uh, it didn't work out. Um, I don't see, you know, any great fit coming down the pipe at, at the end of the preseason. Uh, you know, that could happen, but it would surprise me. And, you know, I, I know Jerry Reese said that, you know, Bobby Hart was in this competition uh, when he spoke, which which kind of surprised me because, and maybe, you know, Dan can speak to this too. I haven't seen one first-team offensive snap taken so far in these first few practices where Newhouse is not the right tackle. 
Now, Hart's always in there uh, with the second team. But to me, it seems very clear that Marshall Newhouse, it's his job. Now, that could change in the preseason games. But for now, I would I would put it 85%, that maybe even 90%, that he's a starting right tackle. And honestly, I, I think the Giants can get by with him. I mean, they, he started 14 games last year, and, you know, Nothing horrible really happens, so why can't they do it again? Yeah, Dan, I mean, you, go ahead, Dan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, Newhouse. I mean, I'll say this: he has a great perspective on things. I mean, just talking to him, I mean, he's a he's a likable guy, and it's you know, he's, yeah, he's become such a whipping boy. And and he says like, I understand that obviously you know it wasn't everything wasn't up to standards, but he's not quite sure why he became such a target. And really, when you step back, I mean, I didn't you know break down every game last year or anything, and I know there were problems, and he wasn't great, but. I mean, the offense wasn't the biggest problem on this team anyways. I think if you're looking at weaknesses, you like Jerry said, you don't need five pro bowlers up front. I mean, hey, it'd be great if you did, but I think we're looking at kind of weaknesses and, and spots on this team that are question marks. I think the other side of the ball, uh, there's much bigger ones. And, and obviously, you know, Reese addressed, uh, addressed some of those with the free agent signings, but uh, I would say linebacker is probably the biggest question mark to me right now. I mean, I don't know that you have anybody there who is, uh, you, know, re- you know, certainly not a pro bowl level, but I don't even know. Uh, above league average level linebacker so to me that's really uh the spot that i think uh maybe we haven't focused on enough really camp because the pads haven't been on but i think uh that's the position i'll be really be watching this week as the pads come on yeah that's interesting uh dan you say that because i was reading james your story about jerry and uh that study he did right on the mm-hmm. offensive lineman and, and what dan just alluded to that you really don't need to have five stalwarts along the offensive line especially probably in the Giants offense because with McAdoo Eli gets the football out of his hand pretty quickly now yeah compared to years past but the linebackers as you were saying that Dan I was thinking I mean last year's Super Bowl obviously had uh, Luke Keekley, it had Thomas Davis uh it had Von Miller and you could say he's more of a pass rusher but whatever he's a linebacker in their system and not that the Giants need those guys but it's it's a pretty stark difference if Jerry Reese wants to talk about teams that win recently and what they have at a certain position well, teams that won last year had pretty good linebackers, and it's been a story for the Giants, James, as you know, for years and years. I mean, the Giants seem to just not prioritize linebackers. I mean, I, I feel like we're going back two decades now. This is kind of a bridge year for the Giants at linebacker because if Devon Kennard can stay healthy, I think he's, he's shown that he can be an impact player. And they're very high on B.J. Goodson, who they just drafted in the fourth round. So, you know, we might be standing, sitting here a year from now and saying, well, Devon Carr just had a breakout year and B.J. Goodson's ready to take over at middle linebacker, and we, we think that the Giants are in a good spot at linebacker. Um, I, think that, I think what Dan said about, yes, on paper, a lot of these guys are basically average NFL starters, um, but that's better than what they had last year. So I think that this very veteran group they have they have to find the right combination uh, of the three starting positions. Who's going to play what spot? They got, and they keep Kennard healthy. They have a chance to be better than they were last year, and I think they won't be as much of a weakness on a, in terms of a defensive unit than they were a season ago. So, Dan, for you, you said the linebackers here. Let's move this forward a little bit. So we're doing this podcast on Monday, August 1st. Next time you guys are out there, practice will be tomorrow, Tuesday. Pads on for the first time. 
for each of you, give me a couple things that you really want to look for now. And it's totally different. We all know it. Football practice, when there's pads compared to just shorts, it's a different feel. So for you, Dan, it's linebackers. And what else do you really want to look for first padded practice on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, obviously, offensive line play is impossible to, you know, judge when they're playing patty cake and, you know, T-shirts. So uh, that'll be something. To, but, of course, the, like we said, the line is, is sort of in place. So I don't know if there's a ton to, you know, monitor there unless someone – all of a sudden starts working with the first team. It's not like there's a, a, a rotation going on at one spot. So maybe less there. I mean, I think it's a good chance to see Vernon, uh, you know, in, in pass rushing situations and JPP. Again, it's just obviously it's so much different when the pads are on and it's full contact for those guys. And then even the running backs, it's, it's hard to watch them because they run into the line in these drills now and they kind of scoot through and you're like, what do you got tackled? What do you not? At least there's a little more uh, clarity. I mean, they're not going to be tackled to the ground, McAdoo said, but you know, when, they, when they're hitting with the thud tempo, you can kind of tell if, if a guy was going to break a run or not. So I think running back's another position where obviously uh, Jennings is the top guy, but behind him, there's a lot of uh, interesting pieces there that it'll be interesting to see how that uh, depth chart shakes out. James, how about for you? As you look forward to Tuesday, first padded practice, what are you most looking forward to watching? You know, one thing I want to see is, you know, Dan said the line's kind of set. I want to see how the tight ends block because they have, I mean, it's a very interesting group. You know, Ryan Malik, Matt Lacoste, Will Ty, Larry Donnell, Terrell Adams, all of them have shown something at some point, whether it be OTAs, minicamp, or so far in training camp. Uh, you know, Ben said that, you know, hey, when we were in Green Bay, we had five tight ends active one week. Um, I don't see the Giants carrying five tight ends on the roster. There's going to have to be some sort of cut situation there. So I think blocking is going to play a big role in that. So I, you know, I want to see how does Will Ty handle that, uh, Olivier Vernon? How does Larry Donnell handle, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul and vice versa? And you know, what guys hold up in pass protection as H backs? Um, that's a big thing I, I want to see. And another thing I want to see is the safety situation. Now, last year, every day there was a new free safety next to Landon Collins running with the first team. So far, it's been all Darian Thompson. So. I want to see, do, do guys like Nat Burhey and Michael Thompson uh, or Bennett Jackson, do they get some first-team look? Or is this a situation where it's Thompson's job and he's going to hold on to it unless he gives it up at some point? Uh, I'm tending to think that basically it's Thompson's job, and, and he's if he holds keeps on holding on to it, it's his. But I, I am intrigued to see if they start to shift other guys in there. Yeah, that's a good question. As you look forward to all these different, you know, machinations of who gets in, who doesn't, who gets playing time, practice time, um, and this team here. So what's kind of what's our summer schedule look like? When is the Giants' first preseason game, James? First preseason game is Friday, August 12th, uh, 7 p.m. at MetLife. Uh, Miami Dolphins will be in town. Uh, second preseason game is Saturday the 20th. They'll be up in Buffalo. Rare 4 p.m. preseason start in Buffalo for that game. They're going to have to remind people that's even happening up there. 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, I, I wish it could be 1 p.m. Just we might get to fly out of Buffalo late that night instead. But, uh, and then uh, they come home week three, Snoopy bowl six, I believe with the jets. Uh, that's always a, a fun occasion. Hopefully somebody will say something stupid to get us through that week. And uh, I'm sure they will. Don't worry about that. <laughs> last, last year was very tame, but you know, who knows? And, uh, then, obviously, the preseason finale against the Patriots, uh, September 1st, I believe. Then uh, then there'll be cuts made, and uh, before you know it, we'll be headed to Dallas for week one, and, and this whole thing will get started for real. 
Yeah, we will. I mean, this thing is, we're, that's always the best part about this. Once it gets started, you kind of can foresee how quickly it'll move. And then training camp will, will be here and gone. And the regular season will be here. So the Giants have their first preseason game next Friday, depending yes. on when you're listening to this, you know, maybe about a week or so. And uh, Joe, one, one quick thing. Um, training camp this year, very short. Uh, first preseason game is on the 12th. Ben McAdoo is breaking camp on the 15th. So obviously they'll, they'll keep practicing and, and we'll still have coverage, but the training camp portion of the summer is going to be over a lot quicker than it usually is. Yeah, that does seem pretty quick. So that's just two weeks from today, right? From, yeah. We're doing this on August 1st. So two Mondays from now. Yeah, that's, that is a short camp. Do you, did he mention why he's doing that? Is that just uh, the way he wants to schedule his, his summer and compared to their regular season and preseason schedule? Was there a reason for that? I, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing in terms of, like, training camp versus just preseason practice is w- when the guys can, you know, leave the team hotel and go back and live at home or, you know, in their apartment or wherever. I think that's maybe the biggest thing. Because even when training camp ends, you know, they'll still be there all day, every day, you know, having meetings and practice and everything. I, I just think that, you know, for whatever reason, he's decided the camp aspect is going to end a little bit earlier than Tom had it end. I'm sure the veterans won't be too upset that they get to check out of the hotel a little bit earlier. No, I, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll be happy to sleep in their own bed. Yeah, that seems like one way to win over, uh, win <laughs> over a team in your first campus head coach. All right, so we'll be following along, obviously, with everything you guys write. We'll be back next week. We'll do another podcast uh, maybe before the first preseason game and uh, kind of catch up on the, the first week with pads and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're in the swing of things now. It is officially uh, everything's underway. We have Dan on board. James, you're entrenched here. And uh, obviously all of you with us as we go on this ride through the 2016 season. Dan, thanks for doing this first podcast. Good luck and uh, excited to talk to you again next week. Yeah, happy to be on board. And of course, James, thanks you for always uh, being part of the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Hey, Giants fans, talk as Chief fans. If you are at training camp, shout out, say hi to us. We're, uh, we'll be amongst the masses walking around on the field. There you go. If you're listening and you're going to be at camp, go say hi to the guys. And, of course, as you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, any way you want to listen, you can find this podcast unless you can do it on NJ.com as well. And if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. It helps the show grow and continue so we can bring these podcasts to you. Appreciate everyone listening. This has been Talk is Chief. We'll talk Giants with you again soon on NJ.com.